Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, bold move expert and coming out coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. It is time once again for Life Uncloseted, where we go explore all those big, bold moves that you want to be making in life, and sometimes you just don't do it because, well, you're stuck in your closet. And when you're stuck in your closet, then you cannot live life on your terms. And you know, sometimes the closet can be a dark, dark closet. It's the kind of closet that you find yourself retreating into yourself and maybe it's because you've been bullied. Maybe it's because you have an addiction and the only way to get through life is to be fully embraced in. I'm going to go hide myself from the world and just wrap my arms in this lovely addiction until one day you realize this isn't where you want to be. In fact, you're actually stuck in this closet and you want to come out of it. You want to make that bold move that says, I'm supposed to be doing this. And I can tell you this, that today's guest, he was in the darkness. He found his way out of that closet and he suddenly dumped his addiction. I'm not saying like suddenly overnight, but he dumped his addiction. He began to rebuild his life. And well, we're going to just let the rest of it kind of unfold for you here on the show. So he is from a really, really amazing space of, coming truth to himself. And I think this is what this podcast is all about. His name is Mark Stephen Pooler, and he is joining me today to talk about what is it like when you finally step out of that closet, admit where you've been, and start to step into the life you're truly supposed to be leading. So welcome to the podcast, Mark. I'm so excited to have you here, man. Hi, Rick. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, and I'm really looking forward to being interviewed by you today. Great. So let's just kind of dive in right straight away, Mark. Um, you went through some pretty tough stuff. You were being bullied. Then you found that the only way to kind of get away from this was you dove into some deep, dark spaces, as I've alluded to. So why don't we kind of go back to, you know, let's talk about the bullying and, and how that started to take you down a path of self-destruction. So bring us a little bit of the story around that. So ever since my school years, primary school, secondary school, I was heavily bullied about my sexuality before I even knew my own sexuality. That was really hard, being called a puff, being called gay, before you actually know your own sexuality. And also, Rick, about the way I looked as well. I used to get called big chin big ears mm. and this went all the way through my school years and my education really suffered because I realized by making people laugh it calmed down the bullying so I become a naughty child I used to play up a lot to calm down the bullying and um, so my education really suffered um, and it was a really lonely childhood, low self-esteem, low self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And so as that happened, and I can relate to some of this, I wasn't ever really bullied, but to some degree I was. I was made fun of for being a big guy, being heavy and chubby. And um, I think 
a few people did bully me about possibly being a fag, but not, not to the point where I like really made anything of it. Um, but as you went through this, what I'm curious about is this kind of making fun of stuff and, and like making people laugh. Um, how did you find that, okay, this is going to, this is kind of my protection. I mean, how did you kind of land in, okay, if I can make people laugh, things don't get any worse. When was that first time you can really remember, okay, I made somebody laugh and, oh, I'm kind of protecting myself now. It was when I used to play up in class and I used to get kicked out of the class. As mm -hmm. soon as I'd walk into a lesson, I would start playing up and I'd get kicked out of the lesson straight away mm. and not be in class for most of the lesson. I would always be the one outside in the corridors waiting for the mm. class to finish because I'd been kicked out. And I, I realised soon early on at school that by making people laugh, it did calm down the bullying. But mm -hmm. like I say, my education really suffered. Mm -hmm. I left school with really bad grades. And so as that unfolded, you know, you're getting kicked out of classes, you're sitting out in the hallways, grades aren't happening. What's going on at home? I mean, how are your parents reacting to all of this? What's going on for you on that space? I was very sheltered at that time. I used to spend a lot of time in my bedroom on my own because deep down I knew I was gay and I was trying to hide who I was. I'd got self-esteem issues. I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone. So I used to spend a lot of my time in my bedroom on my own. And by the age of 15, I actually left school before my mm -hmm. 16th birthday. Mm -hmm. and, and that was when I started to play up at home. My mom couldn't control me. My dad couldn't control me. And that was when my drug taking started when I was 15 years old, trying to block some of the pain that I was going through. And it started on softer drugs to start with, things like amphetamines, cannabis. And then as time passed, it did go to stronger drugs too. Mm -hmm. And so as you started stepping into the the drug world, which many of us have played in. I, I've smoked pot and stuff myself. Um, when did you truly realize this was, this was what was kind of the medication? This is what helped you feel completely, I'm going to say numb to the world because I've had other conversations with people who've gone this, but you know, was it a year in, a couple of years in, at what stage, what kind of drugs were you taking where you realized, okay, I'm, I'm really numb. I don't have to even deal with this. Was there a defining moment for you? I think from the age of 15, it just started out on really soft drugs and it mm -hmm. was just doing what other friends were doing to fit in and just mm -hmm. having a laugh. Um, by the age of 18, I'd started to work at leading name hair salons. I've always been a worker throughout my addictions. Mm -hmm. Um, I started going out partying every weekend mm -hmm. and that was when I started taking drugs and it became a more frequent thing every weekend mm -hmm. and that was when I did start to suffer. I lost a lot of weight. I'd get headaches. Yes, and that was when it really started to become out of control 
Uh, I forgot to mention as well, Rick, I actually came out at the age of 15. I came out at school just before I left school and that was the reason I left. I could not tolerate the bullying anymore. Mm. I came out at the age of 15 to everybody, which I'm quite proud of that because I'm 37 now. And when I came out at the age of 15, it was a different time to come out to how it is now. It's it's a lot more easy to come out now. Sure. When I when I came out at the age of 15, it was a harder time to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I started drug taking from 15 up until the age of 18. That was when I started going out partying. And then by the age of 21, I hit a rock bottom and mm. my life spiraled out of control and I became addicted to crack cocaine and heroin. My life was going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And you can't go any lower than crack cocaine mm-hmm. and heroin. And I went on a party night out with friends, taking party drugs, having the time of my life one minute. And the next minute I woke up in hospital my mom got a phone call saying, if you want to see your son alive again, you need to get to the hospital straight away. My chest had all been shaven, where shot pads had been used on me mm. to bring me back to life. Bruises all up my arms where adrenaline had been pumped into me. And people say you only get one chance at life. I have right. been given two weeks, so I... I feel it's my responsibility to share this message with people that live the best life that you can. You can create any anything you want to create with the right belief system. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, throughout this whole thing, because it's all started with bullying. So here you are being bullied in school before you even came out of the closet. And then as you get to 15, you start to realize, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get through this by starting to, you know, do drugs and starting with the soft drugs. And then it moved on up to heroin and things such as that. But once you started doing the drugs and now you're out of school, you're trying to work, you're working in the salons and stuff. As you did the drugs, I'm curious, did that really stop the bullying? Was it continuing even as you were working and, you know, moving from 15 to 21, were you still experiencing bullying? From the age of 16, when, once I'd left school, the bullying, the school childhood bullying stopped. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I have had different kinds of bullyings when I used to be employed in the workplace. Mm-hmm. You, come, you come across a different kind of bullying, right. but it's not the same kind of bullying to do with your sexuality or your the way you look. Workplace bullying was totally different just to do with politics at work, managers thinking that they can treat you not well. So it was a different kind of bullying, what I'm sure other people can relate to. So it wasn't the same kind of bullying where it's more personal about your sexuality and the way you look. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Rick, I forgot to mention By the age of 21, it led to me having a lot of cosmetic procedures about the way I looked. Mm. I went on to have a hair transplant, hair transplant, my ears pinned back, chin reduction, all Mm. my teeth straightened. It was like the wounds had healed, but the scars were very still much there. I'm so glad you brought that up because I believe 
through my own experience and other people that I've had conversations with very similar to this one I'm having with you that we experience these things. And so then we start to retreat. It might be retreat into drugs. We retreat into alcohol. We retreat into food. We may retreat into sex, whatever it is to kind of overcome what we want to feel. And then even as things start to change or we think they start to change because, okay, now I'm doing this and this gives me some form of pleasure. You just brought up the, you know, all the plastic surgeries and stuff. But at the end of the day, and you just so eloquently shared it, Mark, they're still the same you until you make the decision that the you that you really want to be, there's no amount of plastic surgery. There's no amount of, you know, getting bullying out of the way until you decide to step into yourself. So here you are in that space of I'm a drug addict. I've done all this stuff. And then you're laying there about to die. Your mom has gotten that call. What was the wake up call for you? I mean, I realize you're in the hospital. Was it in that moment that you realized I've got to make a change or was it something that happened post that experience in the hospital? Unfortunately, as soon as I left the hospital, I went straight back out and carried on taking ecstasy. I'd still mm. got the stickers on my chest from the hospital and I carried on taking drugs the same day as what I at the same day as what mm -hmm. I left the hospital. A couple of days after that, my mom caught me taking crack cocaine in my bedroom. She grabbed the crack pipe off me. She ran outside with it, chucked it down the drain, and she kicked me out of the family home. I moved away from the area where I was living. I moved away from all the associations that were dragging me down. And I slowly started to rebuild my life. I give up the strong drugs, crack cocaine and heroin straight away, just by using the power of my mind. I didn't see a doctor. I didn't have any medical help. I literally give up crack cocaine and heroin just by working on my mindset. At the age of 25, I got into a relationship for five years and my partner was an alcoholic mm. and it went from me being really selfish, always thinking about myself. I had someone else to look after, someone yep. who'd got real problems. He had a couple of times where he tried to commit suicide. I used to get calls on a Saturday morning saying, we've got your partner in a police cell. He's been found fighting. Mm -hmm. And that was when I really started to grow up because it was no longer just about me. I had someone that I had to look after. And I really feel that five years was a big turning point in my life. Rick. Well, it sounds like from what you're sharing that, and I've seen this in many people, myself included, that when you become... I'm going to call it responsible for someone else. And that someone else starts to actually reflect back to you things that you've either experienced in yourself, seen in yourself, experienced in life that keeps showing up. That's usually when the door opens, the light bulb goes off and you're like, I got to do something. This isn't working. And as hard as it is to have those mirrors reflected back to us, it's often the best 
lessons that we learn so that, as you've said, Mark, you know, you shift into this new mindset. You, you were already kind of there from what you've shared. You know, you've, you've already started to shift the mindset. You're got, you've gotten off your drugs. But it sounds like seeing him in that state was kind of the final piece of, I've really got to do something. I've got to move forward. So from that space, what did you start to find yourself capable of doing? And I know there's got to be some challenges in there. It wasn't like, okay, I see this now. Everything's going to change completely. There had to be still some struggles and stuff to really move beyond that. It was a hard five years. It was a great person. But when he had a drink, his personality really changed. There were lots of learning curves. I had to grow massively. But by the age of 30... Once the relationship was finished, I was still working for big brand name hair salons. And by the age of 30, I'd had enough of working for other people and making money for them and not making a lot of money for myself. Mm -hmm. So I left a paid job having a mortgage to pay and I set up in business for myself as a freelance hairstylist. Mm -hmm. I did that business for 12 months and then I joined a network marketing company and I did network marketing for two years and I did amazing with it. I built a team of 50, recruited into six different countries Mm -hmm. and that was what opened me up to the world of personal development and Mm -hmm. the world of social media, how to brand, how to gain clients, how Mm -hmm. to sell products. And two years into that business, I realized I wasn't following my true passion. I used to watch the motivational speakers at the network marketing events, sharing their stories. And it clicked. I thought, that's what I want to do. I want to share my story Mm -hmm. and my message. I want to be a speaker Mm -hmm. So I jumped in the deep end two years ago into becoming a speaker. Within that time, I've become a published author. I've spoken all over the United Kingdom. I'm appearing on radio, television, Mm -hmm. international media. And Mm -hmm. I've also built a successful public speaking coaching business too. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. There's a lot of stuff that's happened. You went from, you know, bullying to drug addict to relationship that really wasn't working, but it it gave you the insights. What's the thing that most kept compelling you to keep moving forward, Mark? Being totally honest, a couple of bad relationships where people have undervalued me and made me feel that I'm not worth anything really pushed me to say no one is going to treat me as though I'm not worth something. So a couple of failed relationships where people have undervalued me has rocketed me to really better myself. And also network marketing really did help because I really started to get into the world of personal development, spirituality, working on my mindset. And that was when I really started to move forwards with my business and, and with my life too. So there's a lot of stuff going on out here in the world where a lot of talk around mindfulness and awareness and consciousness. I'm curious, what does mindfulness mean to you? I mean, it sounds like you've actually, I can hear from what you're saying, there's definitely some mindfulness and awareness of self that's happening, but 
when you hear those terms, what does mindfulness mean to you? I think mindfulness is taking control of your own life, taking control of your own choices, and just some simple steps can have a massive impact on the choices that you make and the, the results that you create in your life. And I always say gratitude, visualization, and meditation. These are things that I make sure I do every single day. I count my blessings just from the simple things, from the air that I breathe, the car that I drive, the cells in my body, the clients that I have. I literally list in my mind every single thing that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. I visualize the future that I want to attract, the person I want to become. And I also meditate for a minimum of 10 minutes every day. So for me, mindfulness is just taking control of your own life, your own decisions. I believe, Rick, that if you work on your own belief systems and you really start to be more mindful on the choices that you make every single day, it leads to a better reality. I agree. And what I love about what you just said, Mark, is we all kind of hear the words, well, it's you and your choices. And okay, I get it. I get it. And kind of brush that stuff off. Then we'll hear, well, you know, it's about your own attitude or it's about what you visualize for your life. And we've gotten so used to hearing these things that we just kind of take them in and we move on. And what I love to challenge people to think about, especially as they're listening to this podcast, is what does that really mean for you as a person to make a choice? What does that really mean for you personally to think of visualization for your own life? What does that mean for you to control your own life? And really go deep because I think we've become so accustomed, especially in the personal development world, that these are buzz phrases that show up all the time. It's almost like, you know, some way we can become numb to them. But the thing that we don't do very well, or at least my perspective that a lot of people don't do very well, is they don't make it personal. If I visualized my future life, what would that do for me? If I made the conscious decision to truly control my choices, to truly look at each and every choices I'm making and ask, is this the right choice? Is this the one I want to make? Does this make the most sense for me? If we took just a few moments, and it doesn't take a long time, we, and I'm not talking about getting stuck and <laughs> spiraling down into it too deep, but it's like a choice shows up and we're like, uh, okay, yeah, I'm just going to do this. Now, sometimes we can do that. That's okay. But I think we've become so inundated with some of these phrases that now we just go, okay, whatever. Instead of taking the time and saying, for me, in my life, where I'm at now, what would be different for me if I truly began to control my choices? If I truly began to be in gratitude, if I truly began to visualize what I really want, and if I you know, took the steps, you don't have to necessarily meditate. I think people meditate more than they realize they do because anytime <laughs> you're in deep thought, 
to me, it's a, it's a form of meditation. You're, you're like allowing yourself to be focused on something. Even though I know meditation is about clearing the mind and everything, sometimes I think you can be in active meditation. You can be in physical meditation. And I'm so glad you brought this up, Mark, because this is something I have been toying with of really helping people take some of these standard phrases and go personalize them to you. Because I think that's when people can actually take action. I'm just curious now that I've kind of gone on my own little soapbox about all that. Is there anything that I just said that you'd like to add to or that resonated that helps you as you're working with clients move them forward? Definitely. I think with visualization and gratitude, it makes every day all those tasks that you are doing to get to that future so much easier. So if you are doing visualization to a, a big destination, end goal, every day the little steps you are taking to get to that end destination will be those steps will be easier to take because you've already visualized yourself there. Mm -hmm. The same with gratitude. It just makes you feel so much better counting all of the blessings. What's so many people don't count their blessings from the water that you drink every day. Mm -hmm. There are people in the, the water. There are people in the world having to carry their own water you should count every single blessing because it makes you feel better. Visualize your future and then the steps you take every day to get to that future are so much easier to take those steps every single day because you visualize yourself. And also, just be mindful of the choices that you make. I don't think you can make a wrong choice but just be mindful, is it the right choice for you to make? Also, Rick, a lot of people carry on doing the same thing every day, even though that they're not happy in what they're doing. And I always say there's more than one path to your end destination. Always know when to end something and when to start something new. I think you hit the nail on the head because we get so caught up in, okay, this has to happen and this is how we're going to do it. But there is another way and there is another way and there is another way. In fact, a friend of mine, Chris Gillibo, um, who, who does the world domination summit, I was listening to his side hustle podcast while I was driving yesterday back from Southern California. And this actually came up in one of the podcasts that there is another way. And Oftentimes, we get so stuck in, but this is the way. I know for me, this past year has been about me trying to figure out a way to do speaking. And I shifted from doing speaking in the college and university market where I wasn't being paid, where I didn't even have to do the outreach. I was just getting pulled in with another group, and, and it was great, and I loved doing it. And then when I realized I really wanted to be doing public speaking because I was really good, what I had to figure out for myself, and I just figured it out in the last couple of months of 2018, was public speaking for me wasn't going to be the keynote speaking. I can do that. It wasn't going to be me going out and necessarily like pushing hard to find the deals. What public speaking for me was going to be is me continuing to do what I do best 
podcasting, writing, um, being a coach, but podcasting and writing being the primary things where I get to use my voice, where I get to become someone who says, here's the change. Here's an influencer that's trying to influence you into something new. I'm using these mediums in the hopes, and it's already started to happen because I've shifted my focus that people will hear me or write, hear me read something that I write and go, Hey, we'd like to have you come speak. And for me, that was the shift. I had to see there was another way. And that other way actually fits much better for me than the traditional route of a lot of speakers. And I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. I'm just saying, find what works for you, which is basically what you just said to Mark and move it forward that way because there will always, always be another way in no matter what you do. I'm a big believer there's infinite possibilities, parallel realities, if you want to call it that. There are infinite possibilities and tune into whichever reality you want to create and Mm -hmm. do what makes your heart sing, follow the path, what makes you happy. And I, I relate to you on that. You are going with what your strengths are and what you enjoy. And mm-hmm. it's similar with me. I know with me interviewing people, I love doing that and I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. And that's the path I've gone down to really do a lot more interviews because I'm good at that. I don't enjoy writing as much. Mm-hmm. So I've calmed down on the writing a bit I don't think there's any wrong or right way. I think no. just do what is what resonates with you the most. Mm-hmm. And too often, and this is where I believe mindfulness really starts to step forward. I'm glad you use the last phrase you said, do what resonates with you the most. Too often, the wrong kind of mindfulness, and I, I don't know that's really what I want to say, but I'm going to use, say that. The wrong kind of mindfulness intervenes when you're doing what resonates with you most And then suddenly the mindfulness that's actually off track is saying, oh, yeah, yeah, but what about what they're doing? Or, well, look what they did. You're not them, whoever them is. Yes, look to others and see how they're doing that. But if you go down a path that is not who you are, you will never succeed. If you go the path using input from what you see others doing and go, okay, now, what, let's see, I'm going to pull this piece of that and I'm going to pull this piece of that and this piece of that into how it works for me, you will be much more successful. I don't care if it's how you get out of drug addiction to losing weight, to finding the love of your life, to starting the business you want to start, to even learning to be more mindful. There are thousands of teachers out there at this stage teaching consciousness, mindfulness, meditation. Not every one of those is going to work for everybody. Learn what you most want how you want it, what's going to work for you and bring those pieces into play and let everything else go aside. Because when you try to do what somebody else has done, the exact same way they have done it, I can guarantee you most people will fail because they're not mindful enough to go, how will this best work for me? What resonates with me and how can I make this successful the way I want to do it? I totally agree. And I've been guilty of that in the past too. And I made a conscious decision this year, not really to look at others, to compare myself, to be in competition with, and certainly not to be jealous of. I only now look at others to 
be inspired by and to celebrate others' success and obviously to see what others are doing. But I very much try and walk my own path. And if the crowd's going in one direction, I try and go in the other now and just walk my own path. So here's something that's interesting that as you were speaking, Mark, it it caused me to remind myself that the best thing you can do <clears throat> when, and sorry for coughing in everybody's um, ear there, but I got a little, literally a little choked up thinking about this. When you go to compare yourself to somebody else, you are hurting yourself. And what I have learned that's been most effective for me, and maybe this will work for you, and don't do everything somebody tells you to, but I find this very helpful, is when you are in that comparative space and something shows up on Facebook or you see something on TV and you go, oh my goodness, they're so successful or whatever, why can't I be that? Instead of saying, why can't I? I've learned to start seeing those things and going, thank you for showing this to me. Thank you for showing this to me. Thank you for showing this to me so I can learn. What can I learn from this? Not why them and fuck them that they, I mean, and I can still go there. I'm not saying folks, I'm a hundred percent good at this, but even today there were a couple of things that showed up in my day to day and I felt myself going to that. No, fine. You know, why is it always? And as soon as I said, why is it always? Or, you know, I wish I, any of those statements that we say, I'm going to invite you to pause as soon as you start to feel those little phrases showing up, whatever your little phrase is. And actually, as Mark said, give gratitude. Give gratitude that you're being shown this. And I'm actually going to kind of steal some of what you just said, Mark, and make it like all tied together as we wrap up here. And I invite you to give gratitude for what you're being shown. And to visualize how you can use that to get where you're going. And let that be good enough. Because if you do the comparison thing and you do it in the wrong way, you will always be miserable and unhappy. And I think there's too many times in this day and age because of how we're assaulted with everybody being happy, happy, joy, joy through social media or whatever it may be that we get a false sense of reality instead of looking at the reality of what somebody is sharing and going, I'm so glad I got to see that because that teaches me whatever that teaches you so that you can move your life forward. So Mark, I have one last question before we wrap up here. I know you've been through a lot. Um, actually two questions. Um, as a gay man, having gone through everything that you've gone through, even the bullying, do you feel like being a gay man has given you some sense of advantage of how you can get through some of these things? The bullying, my past, collapsing and dying, it's made me so strong. There's, I, I can get through so much in life. I'm always facing challenges. Mm -hmm. I'm all, always facing hard things, but I know I can always get through them. It's just made me a really strong person. Mm -hmm. And also, Rick, I just wanted to touch on what you're saying about comparing yourself with others too. No matter how successful someone looks on social media and how good their posts look and how successful they seem to be, Everyone has got things going on behind closed doors 
nobody knows the truth. You only see the, the good parts on social media. So you should never look at others thinking people are above you or people are better than you. We're all equal. We're all one on this big earth flying through space. No one is better than anybody. And people only put the best on social media. Look and be inspired. Look to celebrate others' success. Never be envious. Never be jealous. And I always say, be a resource and put your blinkers on, laser focus on your own goals, your own dreams, your own end destination. And eventually what you're focusing on will show up. And I think that's a really good place to wrap it up. Mark has given us just an immense amount of information and sharing and bearing his soul to truly do what he said he wants to do, share his story to help others. And um, I just want to say thank you, Mark, for being here and, and taking time out of your day. And well, your day is over because it's almost evening. It's an evening time in London by, for sure. But uh, thank you so much for stepping up to the plate and showing what it means to make bold moves and to live your life on closet. I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I've really enjoyed today. And I want all of you to stay tuned because in just another week, we're going into the White House. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Hope you join us in one week when we're back for another episode of Life Uncloseted. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments if you like and if you believe in this podcast and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a rating review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. And I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.